financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. I believe we're all plugged in already to AI systems because we're so media saturated. Most people don't really perceive reality anymore as something natural and a natural process in their lives, but they get it through the media of what to believe it is. And for our inside, just picture that these nano particles are programmed to the first thing they do when they get inside you is they pretty much go to where they were programmed to go to, whether it's the heart or the brain or the pancreas or wherever their masters have uh, decided they will go, they will go there because each organ has its own frequency. And those frequencies are very well known. And so they can lay it out like a grid 
inside, just like you'd lay out a grid of uh, Wi-Fi over a certain terrain. So this is all laid out inside, and then then the programming kicks in. So that's what I mean by we're all plugged in. It's not like we can float free here. We can't. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get access to premium episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption the secret machinations of powerful elites, revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. For the next two hours, writer-researcher Ilana Freeland will delve into how geoengineering has been used for decades to control the ionosphere with phased array heater blasts so as to maintain an ionized atmosphere in which chemicals, nanotechnology, and symbiosynergies can be continuously laid by jets, drones, and rockets in the name of climate change. Thus, the groundwork for the symbio or synthetic biology neural network inside human 1.0 began by manipulating the macro environment upon which our extraordinary interior micro environment depends the air we breathe the soil we grow our food in the water we must replenish all have been commandeered by biotech and big pharma for human 2.0 transhumanism pretty heady stuff right elana freeland is a writer ghostwriter teacher and lecturer who researches and writes on deep state issues like geoengineering, MKUltra, ritual abuse, targeting, and invasive electromagnetic weapons. She's best known for her Under an Ionized Sky, From Chemtrails to uh, Space Fence Lockdown, published by Feral House in February 2018, and Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth from 2014. And now comes the third and latest in the trilogy, Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetism, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology. Elana Freeland, how are you? Oh, good to be here, Richard. It's been a long time. It has. This book has been a kind of a, a long time in coming, weighing in at nearly 700 pages. <laughs> I understand, you know, you, you've been working on this for two and a half, three years, Mm-hmm. I would imagine when you're writing about technology, much of it invisible, that every day the pace of change, technological change, it's like a quickening. 
that every day is practically a new chapter. It must be hard to keep on top of it. Was that the reason it took so long to get this one finished? Yes. I mean, it took two and a half years. And as you know, we hit the Wuhan moment almost two years ago now. And that made a big difference because I knew that from the Under an Ionized Sky book, that synthetic biology was definitely involved. You know, remember Clifford Carnicum, the independent scientist who discovered Morgellons, these little uh, filaments in the chemical trails over northern New Mexico uh, back in the 90s. So erythrocytes have been coming down, uh, red blood cells, all sorts of goo and strange fibers that are getting caught in trees and when people pick them up they have a a reaction from the acidity in them. So uh, I knew that there were a lot of experiments being run through the chemical trails. I mean that's really where I started Richard was the chemical trails and by the time I got through Under an Ionized Sky I had developed a real interest and anxiety, you might say, regarding nanotechnology. In this book, I go deeply into the biologicals, which are all synthetic biology, really, now that they have the nanotechnology. And of course, I too, as many people, would just be hunkered over my computer, seeing what the latest news was of the day as one after another breaking news regarding the inoculations going on, the various struggles that people were having with their governments. And so I had to really listen to all those doctors that were coming forward and weigh things. I had not done biology since my undergraduate degrees, uh, but this biology is by far extremely different from what I studied because Biology now is moving from molecular biology to digital biology. What that means is transmission of disease can now happen electromagnetically and chemically. So very, very important stuff. And I wanted to tie together how the geoengineering, which, you know, in the newspapers or on mainstream media, You get the idea that it just has to do with climate change, it just has to do with global warming, both of which are pretty much cover stories, but really is much more than weather or climate. And so that's what the Wuhan moment did for me, because as soon as I saw the footage from China at that time of people dropping to the ground, I immediately recognized what was happening, and then I began with a vengeance to really write. And I don't know if you know this from my last time on your show, but I handwrite everything first. I'm a student of Rudolf Steiner, and I feel I do not want a machine between me and the writing, so I do it by hand first, and then I then I put it into my hard drive and edit as I go. So it's a long, laborious process. But therefore, I'm really engaged in it. It's not simply my intellect. It's, uh, it's much more of the human process of coming to concepts through percepts. And, and what you see as patterns 
in relationships, for example, between the chemicals coming down on us from the sky and the chemicals now being inoculated into people. So it's a process. And, you know, a writer has that moment when they go, gosh, is this book done? (laughs) As I'm like cutting two chapters out because I realize I'm getting way too much, but it was a big topic. And I really wanted to prepare people for these days that are coming and are here now with sort of a primer on technology, the technology that the military calls dual use. And what that means is it can be used for military warfare and it can be used for civilian convenience and comfort and medicine. So I think this is a book that people will find is a very valuable handbook in which they can look up just about anything And they can also study various parts of how it's all been networked, as you said in the introduction. It is a neural network that we're looking at. Right. Yeah, they're like science books for lay people, and you don't get any more lay than me. (laughs) I struggled with grade 10 chemistry. But let's define some terms here. First of all, you use the term, I think, technocrats. You know, we often talk about, oh, they, they are doing this. Uh, They are, you know, we are at war you know, them versus us. Mm -hmm. And so the they here we're talking about are the technocrats. In terms of their technological uh, advancement, how far ahead of the rest of us useless eaters, let's say, are they? Do you want to register in sense of time? Sure. Sure, 50 years. 50 years, that's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. They're they're way ahead, they're way ahead. And, And I'm not saying that I understand all of it I pretty much concentrated on what we would daily see. We might end up in a smart city, for example. Uh, And so what is a smart city? What makes it smart? And what does that really mean? Well, it really means it's armed. And it is something that the residents are plugged into in every way you can possibly imagine, from the nanosensors that are in the pavement and in the walls and in the air and in your body, to much more developed things such as what the inoculated are now undergoing as gene therapy. So you ask who the technocrats are. These are the people who do control the smart city, who do control the 60 gigahertz in the wall, the Internet of Things, the 5G, 6G networks that are already up and going. These are the people that are very much in tune with the demands of what I call the global elite. And these would be the families and dynastic families, uh, corporate families that we have had for centuries who pretty much run, well, just about everything on planet Earth as far as I can figure out. And so the technocracy in cahoots with the global elite, how much can remain human if they have decided that the human being as it is now, the 1.0 human being, is inferior in some way and they want to enhance it. So we had the Human Genome Project, we've had the Brain Initiative, we've had many programs that have gobbled up lots of taxpayer money 
not just for the sake of knowledge, not just to help people heal and give people a second chance in life. It's much more about weaponizing it all and utilizing for the sake of power. And that's how I see technocrats. The bureaucrats, who are the ones who are just the sort of pencil pushers who are making the daily decisions and make the stands in communities and and in cities and things. But the technocrats are definitely rooted in the energy uh, uh, industry and the utility industry, the media industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we are really now ensconced, held in what I, in the second book, called the Space Fence Lockdown. And this is the Space Fence Lockdown. Lockheed Martin runs the Space Fence, and that's above the planet and on the planet and all between. It has to do with the ionized sky that we now have that's that's battery-ready, is loaded with energy all the time for wireless operations, whether it's a military targeting or if it's, uh, it's some sort of communications for climate change conferences of 25,000 people. So we are already plugged in. This is not a future tense deal here. But I think what I wanted to clarify for people in the book very strongly is that the biggest unknown here is really not the genetics so much as the nanotechnology. And that's what I really try to concentrate on. When we talk about the technology and how far they are ahead of us, I mean, there is the technology that they give to us, our smartphones and our television sets, our HD plasma TV sets, which sort of pacify us, but also are intended to destroy our discernment. So can we regain our discernment and still keep our toys? <laughs> oh, that's so childlike of you to ask. Um, <laughs> well, not exactly. I think what I'm asking people to do is what I myself do. I mean, I, I don't ask people to do things I'm not doing. I try to live an ethical life. I think everybody has to look at their technology and say, what do I really need? Because we already know now, this is not news, whereas 10 years ago it was considered a conspiracy theory, to even hint at the possibility that wireless technology was leading to cancer and uh, destroying people's immune systems and things like that. Now we know that. There are plenty, plenty of studies if people go and look at them. But if we're talking about keeping all our toys, I don't think so. I think we need to really look at the possibility of living as minimally as we can, given that, you know, we all have different lifestyles. We all have different needs, our different jobs, different, different, we have children, we have, you know, old people that we need to be in touch with, that sort of thing. But if you really examine the technologies, which most people don't, most people just get them, buy them on faith, and then wonder why their health is not very good and why they're tired all the time and why their hair is falling out and they have skin rashes. We need to really study the technology. We can't just wait for the experts to tell us the truth because a lot of those experts are paid by corporations And, yeah, it's about profit and power, but there's more to it than just profit and power. There's also this idea of really making a mark in history 
to absolutely change the human being of the future. And right. that is about, going on. Right. You talked about sort of this uh, this upgrade from human 1.0 to human 2.0. But really, isn't it kind of a devolution? Because it seems to me, based on you know your writing and, and, and others, that what, what they aim to do is to strip us of what makes us most human, and that is our spirit. And that's what's really in the bargain here, right? The, the software upgrade from 1.0 to 2.0 means getting what it, rid of one very important app, and that's our spirit. Oh, you're rare, Richard, to realize that. Uh, a lot of people just sort of pass on that idea of spirit, and I really don't know why, because my hope is that by all of this going on now, in which, to tell you the truth, the inoculation is definitely the various jabs that are going on, are about implanting software for a remote control over this person, and that would be through the graphene oxide, that would be through the hydrogel, that would be through the quantum dot technology, and these people are, their genes are being changed. And I don't know if it's this jab or that jab, or I don't, I don't know, I don't have access to that information, but I know that these are the transhumans and we are now living in the era of the transhuman. So we've seen some of it. You know, when you get a titanium hip or, you know, you have a heart transplant or or any of these this is all about the changing of that particular human being the body that this human being is living in into something other so yeah it's already begun but it's sort of moving into the fast lane right now and i think that's certainly how i look at it that the lockdown and all the rest of the political jockeying going on now is in part due to buying time to get as many inoculated as possible for this massive experiment in transhumanism. Your idea of the spirit, remember early on in the revelations that were coming out on the internet regarding this huge thing that has overtaken us in the last two years, the first doctors I heard quote Rudolf Steiner were Dr. Tom Cowan and uh, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, and both of them referenced Steiner at the very beginning of the part that I saw them say. 100 years ago, Steiner said that there would come a day when a vaccination would be created, that if people took it, they would no longer think of spiritual things. And I'm sorry to say that I think we're there, And materialism has certainly done its share of how few people realize the human soul, the human spirit, the idea that we are an evolving species, not in the sense of Darwinian particularly, but in something finer, finer, and having to do with those virtues that you're alluding to as the human spirit. So for me, anyway, I decided several years ago, as I learned more and more about geoengineering through the other books I wrote, I realized that this was a crisis. And as the Chinese say, the characters for crisis are danger and opportunity. So I have been pursuing the defense of humanity 
and clarifying to people what being human really means. It's not about having a head and a torso and two arms and legs. It's right. it's really a quality. You sort of lay the groundwork in the first part about the electromagnetic chemical nanotechnological sort of structure that has been laid down through geoengineering and how we are now inhaling and ingesting nanoparticles on this road to create human 2.0. So let's talk specifically. I mean, when we talk about geoengineering, they're, they're obviously doing a lot more than just spraying aluminum particulates and barium and strontium. What other nanoparticles are we inhaling and ingesting? Well, the way I set it up in the first part of the book, in order to be clear about the role of geoengineering, it all goes back to the secret space program. I remember when Catherine Austin Fitz first started talking about it regarding the missing, I think it was $21 trillion that she was looking for, that she posited possibly went into the secret space program. And and I remember um, how so many things in that secret space program. Now, that's that's back to Kennedy where we're talking here, when it really sort of went black, as as they say, in intelligence agencies. And uh, and the the idea during the uh, the Reagan era, the Reagan, uh, Bush and Cheney era of the 80s was when we had the SDI program, uh, the Strategic Defense Initiative. And um, and that's important because that's what we called the Star Wars program. And that was that was really the beginning of of the part that I'm talking about. Uh, and that that uh, was it, crucial to understanding how it how it kind of disappeared at the end of the Reagan era, and then uh, in came Clinton, and uh, and you know it just sort of uh, went black. Uh, what can I say? But by the time that they had the uh, the ionospheric heaters ready, especially uh, the new one up in Gakona, Alaska, the HARP, the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project, uh, then they were able to uh, to bounce uh, through phased array antennas, acres of phased array antennas, to bounce a signal up to the ionosphere, penetrate it, and really pull uh, ions down into our atmosphere so that this atmosphere became like a like a battery or an antenna, and um, and that's really important to this because all they needed was to connect uh, us to uh, the electromagnetic uh, n- network they had set up that we often called the uh, you know the uh, smart uh, uh, network and. Um, that was the nanotech, uh, and the nanotech was f- uh, founded in 1990, in a sense, uh, and um, it was all very quietly done. And you knew that, you know, when you look back at the history of of the fact that if nothing was mentioned in Congress until 2002 about nanotechnology, um, but before that, the military certainly knew about it. Uh, the actual uh, inventor of it, uh, Eric Drexel, uh, had been uh, back in the um, in the 70s. So, uh, so the nanoparticle 
let's you know let's take a look at that but uh first let me let me just fill in a little bit here the the geoengineering part has to do with three delivery systems the first delivery system is in the chemicals and the trails up above us the jets rockets and drones uh the second delivery system has to do with gmo foods genetically modified foods which i don't know why people are eating them i mean i i know i'm eating them out in restaurants but i certainly have eaten organic for about 50 years now and i make a big effort to do that uh because the seed in uh gmos is uh not re- not nature it's not natural it's synthetic so uh and then the third delivery system is of course the vaccinations so uh, those three things are part of the correlation between what's being laid above us uh for military industrial intelligence objectives yes but they are also experimenting with things far into the future and and they always have the secret space program on their minds because imagine how are we going to get beyond the van allen belts human beings are not able to handle much radiation at all but now we are constantly surrounded by radiation either ionized or non ionized and maybe people think that's just well you know gee that just happens to be true because the military has certain objectives blah 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 no i think that the radiation that we are now experiencing and i'm reading about gamma rays up in northern canada yeah gamma rays right down on the ground uh i think that it's being purposely done to make us um perhaps evolve perhaps to weed out the the uh the weak perhaps to enrich the coffers of the medical industry uh, however you want to look at it uh but all of these things that are in that first section of the book are all about that they're being intentionally done with the idea of transforming the human being into 2.0 and something space worthy space travel worthy that can actually go into space and so you know um take for example uh, and it's not a pleasant subject but uh you think of the uh autism and the the skyrocketing rate of autism in children particularly in boys uh where i think it's now one in six boys um are autistic uh, at least on right. the spectrum Or, yeah somewhere on the spectrum right somewhere on the spectrum and um could this be purposeful uh is it it certainly would be easier for an ai system to control an autistic personality than a truly human uh in all faculties and all brain development uh right. capacity but do you, do you see this really as the, the motive here to to prepare humanity to become space faring a space faring civilization or is it more about control enslavement and destroying our humanity well let's let's cover the first one first because i i'm not a a, a proponent of either or i'm a proponent of both and uh i think the west westerners get in a lot of trouble when they do an either or uh, because there's usually much more to it and in the case of um yeah going to space yeah i think i think it's uh, very much on the minds of uh, not just astrophysicists and nasa and noaa 
but uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the military industrial intelligence complex. I think a, a lot. I think Google is completely involved in it. The Singularity Movement is completely involved in it. Uh, the uh, you know the the data they're picking up to make computers grow uh, is completely like Facebook. You know all the social media. Uh, Bringing this, getting them to crunch a lot of data, and uh, and constantly getting AI systems to evolve, 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 so that um, yeah, the Nikolai, Nikolai Kardashev's three phases of technological development. He was the uh, Soviet astronomer in the Cold War, and he said that there were three phases to space uh, to. Uh, a, a real civilization, a successful civilization. Those are full-spectrum dominance over the planet, uh, control over the star, or over our star, our sun. And that has already begun. A lot's going on with the sun, and people think I'm crazy to say that. But I'm telling you, the sun is plasma, and a lot of plasma experiments are going on with the sun. And then the third phase is control over the galaxy. Uh, so we can say, you know, wow, these guys are just loaded with hubris. These guys think they're masters of the universe. But I think that is uh, very much uh, in the agenda. And then regarding the satanic elements who are also involved in all of this, they would match your second idea, which is a, a really, truly anti-human thrust uh, because the human being... If we can just make humans into machines, then we might like them. Uh, but as they are, they are so fragile, they are so vulnerable, they cry and carry on. Uh, you know, these, the, the, that element uh, definitely is anti-human. And I would even posit that I'm not sure these people are human anymore because if you abandon your humanity in the sense of its virtues and its beauty and its truth and goodness that are completely possible if if given enough time and free will and a healthy society around the human being uh you know th that the these things are uh are, are are extraordinarily important and uh we would we would ha have a chance at this but we're constantly barraged by the power politics that most people attribute to the love of money and uh, and and love of telling others what to do, and I think those are true. But the anti-human part leads them to develop a vacuum in their souls, if indeed they still have a soul. Uh, they that they you know nature abhors a vacuum, and so uh, entities can come in and live in these people that have two arms and two legs, and you think they're human. But I'm really not sure that some of these people are human anymore, and yet I'm not going to sit around and waste too much time on thinking about this. Right, I want I've got to jump in here, uh, Atlanta. Pardon the interruption. We're going to take a quick time out, come back, and uh, continue our conversation. Ilana Freeland stays with us. Geoengineered transhumanism. Stay with us. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. 
Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal, but if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Tis the season to give the perfect gift. C60 Evo organic oil elixirs and facial serum sets. And here with another sleep tip is the co-founder and chief scientist at C60 Evo, Chris Burris. Chris, welcome. Richard, thank you so much for having me. So my tip today is regarding, uh, and sometimes this can be controversial, it's regarding alcohol. So a lot of people believe that if you have a drink right before you go to sleep, that it can actually positively impact your sleep. What most people don't realize is, yes, it will knock you out. But what it does is it actually interrupts your natural sleep rhythms. So you're not getting the rim and the in rim sleep that you need. So if you're going to have a drink and, and there's good data that suggests having a glass of red wine in particular and the resveratrol in it is actually good for you, make sure you're doing that about two hours before you're going to get to sleep. You want your you want time for your body to metabolize the alcohol and get it out of your system. And again, uh, if, you're, if you don't drink, don't start for this purpose. <laughs> but if you do have that one glass of, uh, of alcohol. Specifically, I would recommend red wine about two hours before you get some sleep so you can make sure it doesn't negatively impact your sleep. I always like talking about sleep. Our most consistent testimonial for C60 Evo is that people take it in the morning. They report mental focus and energy during the day and then better sleep that night. I've been taking C60 for what, two and a half, three years, sleep like a baby. And I don't mean I wet the bed and cry all night. I mean, I, <laughs> I sleep soundly like a baby. C60 Evo products deliver noticeable benefits to people and pets around the world. Immunity boost, deeper sleep, more energy, mental balance, flexibility, and longevity. And don't forget to visit the website site c60evo.com forward slash richard hyphen serrett c60evo.com forward slash richard hyphen serrett use the coupon code evrs at checkout and save an additional 10 percent. chris always good talking to you we'll talk again soon thank you so much thank you fasten your seatbelts. place your tray in the upright position you're about to leave behind everything you think you know think you know Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. 
Ilana Freeland stays with us. I want to drill down a little bit more into nanotechnology. And you mentioned Drexel in the 1970s. This idea of a nano is like a, a millionth of a meter. A billionth. A, a billionth. My apologies. A billionth? <laughs> wow. Okay, a I mean, billionth. You could get hold of that, right? I can't wrap my head around that. I can barely wrap my head around a million. But So a billionth of a meter. And so you, you line up like these atoms side mm-hmm. by side. And these are like the building blocks of our reality, of a dimension, right? So you're creating the building blocks of a dimension. And we have we, – we think in terms of our four dimensions and how many dimensions are theoretical physicists talking about now. A couple dozen at least. Yeah, like I think it was 20-something. Right. So we can't even comprehend this. You call this like the quantum world. Mm-hmm. So if we can't see it, I mean, how are we to comprehend it? How are, are we to root it out uh, and deal with this if, if, if it's invisible to us? Well, I mean, but th- think about it. We're also dealing with the invisibility of the uh, electromagnetic waves. Uh, we can't see them either. But we are finally beginning after, what, how many years now, 15, 20 years, we're finally beginning to uh, understand the behavior of those waves and how it interacts with uh, the human body and brain. We're finally beginning to, and not just believing the, uh, the stories told to us by those making money from selling uh, this technology to people. So uh, that it's the same thing with the nanotechnology. It's just that uh, it's more recent. Uh, we didn't know it existed. There certainly has always have, have always been nanoparticles. I mean, nanoparticles are everywhere in nature. Right. Uh, right. It's just a size thing. But when you start uh, manufacturing. Uh, a technology by laying atoms next to atoms next to atoms. Now you're in the atomic level. And the last time we talked about atomic uh, levels of experimentation, that was the Manhattan Project. And we know what came out of that. So uh, this is similar in that uh, they seem very innocuous. They're tiny. We tend to think tiny means don't worry about it. Uh, not really true anymore. Uh, so uh, what, what, one thing that helped me a lot was that I can see them, I can see nanotechnology if they're swarming. And they do swarm because the, uh, the ones that are created, they swarm together. And they operate as a as a phalanx, as a as a one unit sort of group soul. Sounds uh, like they have consciousness. It sounds like they have a consciousness. That's exactly what I'm going to say because um, the consciousness they have, being close to the quantum realms. I, I know a lot of people don't know much about quantum physics, and I, and I don't know that much either. I'm learning. Uh, but one thing I do know is that if you're in the atomic level, uh, you are very near the uh, quantum dimensions of we don't know how many there are, but there are many. Uh, and so by being that near to it with these little nanotechnology, uh, nanobots, uh, nanosensors, uh, uh, even virus and um, and bacteria and Morgellons. These are all nano uh, level. 
And of course, uh, some of them are created by the human being. Some of them are in nature, but they swarm. And um, the first time I saw that, I often refer to this because it was in a um, it was in a drone clip from the uh, fires in California, and I was watching the Paradise, uh, California fire footage. And uh, I noticed that uh, on the ground, it was dark, it was night. Uh, I noticed a, 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 a tremendous uh, cloud of, uh, of what I thought were embers. And the embers were uh, very much uh, lit up, and they were heading in a certain direction. And it seemed to me that uh, I thought it was the wind that was blowing them at first. But uh, I, sudden, I realized as I watched them that... They were uh, they were very purposeful, and it was moving more like an army, like uh, like a Roman army, and um, and then I realized, my gosh, I, I'm looking at nanotechnology that's being remotely controlled by someone somewhere, uh, and they were crawling up the walls of the houses that were to be burned, and then they once they got the fire ignited, then they would move on, and sometimes they would skip. Uh, a house or two and go to another one that had been slated to be destroyed and they would crawl up that wall and start that fire. So uh, that was the first time I really saw, oh, so you can see nanotechnology if it's swarming. And that's the swarming. Yes, it was being directed uh, by uh, someone on a monitor somewhere is how I would I see it. Uh, but, uh, but does it have its own consciousness? Oh, yes, it does. It has a swarm consciousness. And so in our bodies, what's going on? And, uh, and then we come to the problem of uh, the 5G, 6G systems that are, are, are terrific at penetrating with the 6G, at uh, leapfrog, leapfrogging with the 5G, and going long distances to uh, make the nanotechnology in our bodies do what uh, what the programming says it will do. So we were talking about 5G and 6G and how uh, they uh, how 5G or 6G acts upon the the nanobots in our bodies. Um, so what is it doing? Is it hijacking our our biological processes in the processes in the body? Yes, uh, it's. If we go back to Morgellons for a moment, and um, I talk about Morgellons in two sections of the book, one under uh, what's coming down from the sky, talking about the work of Clifford Carnicum, uh, and then I talk about it again under in the chapter on nanotechnology, because, of course, the Morgellons was a real precursor to what is now in the inoculations, and we're slowly beginning to see that uh, from day to day. Uh, so um, it has been admitted that these inoculations have nanotechnology in them. Uh, I think they call them nanoparticles. Uh, and, um, it, you know, it's hard for people to grasp uh, that uh, something so tiny could be so powerful. Uh, but in the sense of... Um, of how it works in our body, the Morgellons gave us the clearest uh, f forecast uh, in that it was, uh, according to Clifford Carnicum's work, which remember, Richard, it was he was he was very purposely um, 
kept in outer darkness of the public eye uh, in order to, while they were developing this technology that Morgellons was a precursor of, uh, he he recognized that the polymer sheath of the Morgellons fibers, and we we heard about this recently, which appeared to me to be Morgellons, but I, given that I don't have a microscope and can't look at it, uh, the the ones seen in the masks that people were wearing, and the ones also found in the PCR swabs, uh, looked very much like the Morgellons sheath, and inside that sheath are uh, four parts that um, Clifford Carnicom uh, identified and uh, experimented on in, in Petri dishes in solution. And uh, so uh, we, we begin there to make a network in the body is really what the Morgellons does when it really takes off in certain people. Now, we all have breathed it in. There is no question. We all breathe the same air. And uh, you don't you don't have a national boundary on air, uh, and um, and so, but many of us do not get the lesions and and the suffering that uh, many people have died of Morgellons before the CDC uh, even began to recognize it, and the CDC even limits its uh, what it says about it that it's a skin ailment, and it's not a skin ailment; it's a blood ailment. So all of this uh, information coming out now about the blood and the heart, etc., this is all very, very uh, important information, which will point at what is causing this to happen. So uh, the network in us, the neural network that uh, Elon Musk talked about with his Neuralink, this neural network is in us from all of the uh, nano sensors, the nano bots, the nano everything that we uh, we have breathed in over the last two decades. And uh, and that's that's being uh, very conservative. It could have been longer. So you're uh, talking about a, a a brain computer. Neuralink is like a brain computer interface. So yes. w- what computer is are our brains about to be interfaced with? Well, I think I I believe we're all plugged in already to AI systems. Uh, we don't know because we're so media saturated. Uh, and, um, you know, most people don't really perceive reality anymore as something natural and a natural process in their lives. Uh, but they, they, they get it through the media of what to believe it is. And, um, and for our inside, just picture that these, these uh, nanoparticles, are, say they're programmed, to the first thing they do when they get inside you is they pretty much go to where they were programmed to go to, whether it's the heart or the brain or uh, the pancreas or wherever wherever their masters have uh, decided they will go, they will go there because each organ has its own frequency. And those frequencies are very well known. Uh, and, uh, and so that they can lay it out like a grid Inside, just like you'd lay out a grid uh, of, uh, you know, Wi-Fi uh, over a certain terrain. Uh, so this is all laid out inside, and um, and then then the programming um, it kicks in for 
whatever you, you know, you, meanwhile, you, the uh, people at a distance are also examining where you live, what, uh, what kind of uh, electromagnetics are in your apartment building, your home, your neighborhood, uh, what your smart meter readings are, or, uh, the, all of your cell phone uh, activity, of course, is being monitored and, uh, and the data collected. So uh, that's what I mean by we're all plugged in. It's not like we can float free here. We can't. Right. So this the, the brain computer interface that that can control biological processes mm-hmm. uh, can it likewise control thoughts and emotions and behaviors? Oh yes. Again, we're in the realm of frequencies, and um, and the other thing is that all of these frequencies. Because we're resonant beings, uh, it, which is a, a wonderful thing about us, but on the other hand, as the Chinese say, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. The back of being a resonant being is that uh, if these signals are pulsed to us, <clears throat> then our, our entire uh, our entire frequency can be changed. So that's that's what I think happens when uh, an entire town sort of has a mood. I don't know if you've noticed that in Toronto, but I definitely have noticed it where I live, uh, where um, there's sort of a mood of uh, animosity between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, uh, between those who do what the government says and those who don't. So these things can be influenced, and not just by some remote signal from some guy sitting on his laptop in Colorado, but by your television set. Do you really think that the HD screens and all of that sophisticated uh, uh, visuals and audio is simply for movies? No, it's to pick up on everything in the environment. It's weaponized. Every technology we have is weaponized. If you think about it, we've gotten all these technologies from the military. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, but because it's not emphasized in the media, nobody really thinks about that anymore. They just think, oh, this is great. This is convenient, and I can watch a lot of movies, and I'm getting fast downloads, and, and all of that stuff that really has nothing to do with the weaponizing that is being utilized to gather as much data from human beings and do the behavioral, uh, you know, the uh, reaction response, the B.F. Skinner stuff to see how people are behaving around the technology that is activated and uh, collecting data. So, uh, you know, this is this is our life now. This is not, I mean, I think I may have said that, you know, I limit my technology uh, because I am, uh, well, I know a lot about it uh, and I want to have a human life. So uh, I'm very cautious regarding that. But can I prevent it? It's kind of like trying to run a car with no gas. Uh, Of course I can't. Uh, I have to, it's a constant compromise with the era we live in. And and, and it's not a matter of being a purist or 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 a Luddite. It's a matter of of having knowledge of what it is gleaning from you. I see, I think that all the people who've been targeted over the last, uh, I'd say four decades, five decades since MKUltra, 
uh, are targeted in their homes, in their workplaces, uh, followed, gang stalked, uh, gaslighted, um, microwaved, all of it. I think that now that's everybody now. Right. I was going to, that was actually my next question. Um, We're rolling into the top of the hour, Elena. When when we come back, we'll uh, talk about that some more. In fact, were these, um, and and I hear from people who believe that they are targeted individuals. Uh, Every week, I'll get at least an email or a a, a text or a voicemail from someone who is, uh, who believes they are being targeted. And and the question has always been, you know, are they, are they the subject of some grand experiment? Uh, is someone trying to drive them crazy because uh, because of yeah, what they know? But they're yeah, well, they're experiments, uh, yeah, but well, not a grand one. There are a lot of thousands and thousands of experiments being run by the military-industrial intelligence complex, and uh, and I would say uh, conservatively in the United States alone, there are a million and a half people being targeted every day, every hour of their lives. All right, we'll take a time out back with more of Elana Freeland. And uh, we'll continue to delve into geoengineered transhumanism. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh. 